Welcome to Rochambeau, the podcast about unique competitions and the extraordinary competitors that make them happen. I'm Kim. And I'm Ted. Thanks for joining us. Today on this episode, we go to Scotland for the World Stone Skimming Championships. Yes, I compete every year. Um, my best throw ever was 52 meters. The family I'm staying with here in Scotland just mentioned it and my eyes lit up. I immediately yeah. knew I had to do it. I lived in Oban and uh, yeah, it's a bit of fun. My brother taught me how to do it, but I don't remember when he taught me. This is our third year. Oh, I'm totally going. What is the World Stone Skimming Championships, you may ask? Well, it's just like the stone skipping skimming you did as a child, except that these are the best in the world. Now, you might think they're going to throw for the number of skips, but in Scotland, they do it for distance. There's more to it than you would think. We'll get to that in a minute. First, let's hear about the origins of the competition and a bit more about its home on Easdale Island. Here's event coordinator Donald Melville, also known as Mellon. Um, it started off a bit like a bad joke. A Scotsman, an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Welshman walk into a bar and they said, let's do this for the last the next day. They did, they got a cup. But it, it never continued. My name is Donald Melville, and I'm one of the main organisers of the World Stones Giving Championships. Um, I'm the, the MC or the loudmouth on the day. It was resurrected as a fundraiser um, back in 1997. And I really just wanted to get involved and, you know, and get involved in a bit of fun and, and nonsense. And, uh, it's sort of grown arms and legs from there. <laughs> Did you ever compete? Yes, I compete every year. Um, my best throw ever was last year, and it was 52 metres. Even that wasn't in contention for, for any of the prizes, unfortunately. But that is pretty impressive. That can't be too far off from where people start placing, right? Well, yes. I mean, in, in a bad year, um, if the weather's rough, the, the stones just don't get the, the chance to go as far. And sometimes it can be as low as that. That, that could have been a winning one in the past. But um, in bad weather, I don't think I'd have thrown that far either, so to be fair. Tell me a little bit about your town. Um, it's a pretty small one, right? Yes, there are only about 65 people who live there full-time all year round. Wow. And it's very, very small, as you can see from some of the photographs. So your population, like, triples in one day? Oh, tenfold. Oh, my tenfold. gosh. Tenfold. There's, there's seven, eight, nine hundred people, maybe. And we've only, we're only serviced by a small open ferry, which only takes ten passengers at a time. We hold it in an old, disused slate quarry. And um, the slates uh, make the perfect skimming stones because they, they round perfectly well and they split perfectly as well. Just naturally, the natural motion of the sea rounds them and splits them into the perfect skimming stones. Well, that sounds quite idyllic. Perfectly formed skimming stones, perfect island, perfect quarry. Nature has colluded to make the perfect stone skimming arena. I love it. Well, let's get to the competition. Let's do it. Okay, um, there is, there's a lane, uh, two lines of boys um, out with one of them marked every five metres, and the stone has to sink within that. It has to hit the water three times, so it has to bounce twice, and it can be no more than three inches in diameter, and uh, it has to be naturally formed from Easdale Slate. Uh, you can't take a run up to the, the OK, you've got to stand on the OK, and both feet have to be on uh, the, 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 the sort of throwing plinth that we have. It's a big piece of slate, about three feet square um, and about four inches uh, thick. And uh, 
the judges sit along the sides of the quarry and they, by eye, determine where that stone sank and how far past the last five metre marking it was. What is the uh, prize for the winner? Well, it's that warm feeling of being a world champion. (laughs) (laughs) You get your name in a trophy, we have some prizes, uh, the first in each category, and there there are seven or eight categories. Um, you get a T-shirt, uh, and, uh, we print T-shirts every year. With the, we get the local school children um, in uh, the sort of uh, four to eleven-year-olds to design the logo and a slogan for us. Um, so uh, it's rather childishly drawn because they are almost small and young. Right. But uh, we put that on the front of the T-shirt every year. So the first prize gets one of those and we try we we get various sponsors uh, help us out and you know we we try and give a relevant prize to to the people but it's it's not really there's no prestige in prize money or trophies to take away because we keep the trophy on the island we just put your name on it (laughs) and keep it on the island so uh, it's just it really literally is the the, the good fun feel of being involved and and, uh, potentially being a world champion, why so many people come over. Now, those awards aren't as impressive as you normally like, Kim. But That's it's still true. Some... <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just sitting here going, oh, there's no trophy. There's no big piles of money. <laughs> but there is, there is that warm feeling of being a world champion. There absolutely is. All right, so let's set the scene here. You're standing on a plinth. A plinth, and I love a plinth. All right, on the edge of a quarry. And there's a couple hundred people around, and Melon, the organizer, calls out your name. Hey, that was your name. That was my name, and you know why? <laughs> yes. Because I was there. So freaking awesome. Yep. All right, guys, full disclosure, about a year ago before Rochambeau Podcast was even a sparkle in our eyes, I interviewed Ted about the possibility of him going to compete in the World Stone Skimming Championship. At the time, I was doing a different podcast about inspiring stories, and I thought Ted's trip to Scotland would make a really good episode. And it would have, but you never used it. No, I didn't. I actually rapped on that podcast before getting to it. But truth be told, that interview was really the seed of what inspired the idea for Rochambeau. So pretty much this is our origin story, huh? It is our origin story. Oh, we're superheroes now. All right, well, let's go back in time. And I would love for you guys to hear the interview that I originally did with Ted once upon a time when we first talked on a mic together. Right. This We weren't Rochambeau at this point. No, we weren't. No. We were just friends. We're just friends. We're still friends. <laughs> <laughs> friends of the podcast. Tell me what you're hoping to do in September. In September, I'm hoping to go to Scotland, to Easdale Island, for the World Stone Skipping Championships. And what is what is the World Stone Skipping Championship? It is the premier stone skipping event in the world. I There's mean, little it, ones? There's other ones? I have no idea. <laughs> there may or may not be. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. How did you hear about it? Um, I was looking on YouTube to see how like some crazy, how many skips people have gotten. You know, like, what do I need to get, you know? What's the best stone skip in the world doing? And I was like, oh, it's what? Stone skipping championship? And I was like, that looks awesome. And so when you were watching the videos, um, did it look like decent competition? Or were you like, I could smoke these guys? <laughs> um, it looked pretty pretty decent. I mean, the one thing that I liked about it was my, my folks have a place up in Lake Champlain. 
And by going there, since I was a, a tiny little kid. And it's a big, huge, like slate-lined lake. Has its own lake monster named Champ. And so when I found out about this place in Scotland, it sounded like the exact same thing. Like the rocks are, the, are slate, the same as this lake. And maybe there's a lake monster. I don't know. But I think these things are going to work to my advantage. <laughs> Knowledge of lake monsters, I think, really goes a long way with the stone skipping. Um, what's the lake monster legend from your hometown? Um, his name is Champ, and there's a song about him. I don't know the song, but plenty of my aunts and uncles have reported to see him. Um, and if they have enough cocktails, maybe they'll see him twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, he's just, you know, he's a lake monster. He's and He's been seen since the 20s and you know people think it's a hoax when people really believe in it you know i'm i'm a believer i'm and has any harm ever come to anyone from oh no he's a champ no he's great he just eats the leaves and seaweed it's very deep lake so when you were a kid and skipping stones there did you ever did anybody ever warn you you might hit champ <laughs> if you hit it far enough um they weren't so concerned about stones and champ you could probably you could probably handle it. They were just freaking out at your ability right, in general. Like, no, more as like, all right, you're an adult now. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but I never stopped. I mean, I you know, it's it's just it's fun. Well, that's know? why people have kids is so you can keep doing everything from your childhood that you wanted exactly. to without, you know, lame other adults telling you to stop. Right. All right. Tell me about when you realized you were actually pretty good at skipping a stone. I don't know. Like Every time I go up there and I'm people are just like, wow, that's pretty damn good. What's mm-hmm. the highest number of skips that you recall ever getting? Somewhere, I don't know. Um, I would say probably 20 or something. Really? Yeah. They're really small skips at the end there. but. And so what's your high on distance? 20 was your number of skips, right? Right. Okay. Which I just made up, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> so this other number I'll make up as well. <laughs> um so we at our lake we have a dock that goes out about oh, 50 to 70 feet something like that and i can skip it out past that pretty normally do you think you'll interact with other people before the event or will you try to keep to yourself <laughs> i'm totally gonna interact uh, <laughs> it's a fun event do they dress up in costumes i think they do and i'm i've been tempted to wear like an american g-string with a cape or something but <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh, it does. It sound, yeah, it sounds pretty terrible. So I don't know if I need to be a the flamboyant American. Maybe I'll just keep it low key, you know. And just a regular speedo, yeah, just regular. not a yeah, yeah, just a regular speedo, <laughs> not an American, not American speedo. speedo. So at this point, would you consider this a realistic dream that you're going to follow, or just a possible thing you might do? Oh, I'm totally going because it'll be fun. I've never been to Scotland, so it'll be an excuse to go. You know, and do something stupid. Yeah. All right. So the big question is, did you wear a Speedo? Oh, hell no. <laughs> it's way too cold in Scotland to wear a Speedo. And I didn't have any luggage. So, you know. All right. Well, I want to know all about it. But I guess let's start with the luggage. Why didn't you have any luggage? Oh, it got and lost. And was there a the Speedo in your luggage? There was not a Speedo in my luggage. <laughs> okay. So no. it wasn't a failed Speedo. I'm not going to bring a, a Speedo on international flights. I don't blame right. you. Right. Yeah. We just lost our luggage and had to drive across Scotland without, with, with just our carry-on bag. So, you know. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So Eastdale Island, I mean, we've, we've explained already, this is a very remote place. It's so remote, as my friend Bert put it. 
It's where the middle of nowhere goes to get away from it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's seriously crazy far out there. Oh my gosh. Well, how was it? It was amazing. It was as beautiful as I expected. It was like a windblown coast. Uh, it was rainy. It was rocky. Uh, we stayed in the car park on the peninsula. And as soon as we got over there, the people were extremely nice. People were uh, talking to us, where you're from. We met a lot of people in the pub. There's a pub on the island, which was, came in very handy because it was raining. <laughs> what about the uh, stones? Were they as similar to the ones you used growing up as you thought they would be? They were more perfect than I could have imagined. <laughs> <laughs> when I got to the island, I went and uh, skipped some stones to warm up in the rain. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any luggage, so I only had one set of clothes. Oh, yeah. and they got all wet. Yeah, they got I all assume. wet. Yeah, because of the rain. Because of the rain. Yeah, <laughs> but the stones were perfect. My memory had said that they were the same as the stones in New York, but when I went to New York this year, I realized the stones in New York are crap. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you had perfection in had, front of you. I had perfection in Scotland, and they were perfect, round. You know, just the perfect arc to them, um, and they skipped really well. Did you meet a lot of people while you were there? Yeah, everyone was really nice and helpful. Uh, in fact, I met a man named Steve at the the pub on the island called the Puffer Bar, and he gave me some tips on the competition. It's all I would say it's all about the weight the weight of your stone. Uh huh. But in here, you can only use the Easdale slate. Okay. You can't, you can't use any other stone. Ah. It's got to be the exact size and weight as well. So you, okay. So there's no cheating involved. Right. Well, that's... I think as well, the sooner you get the stone hitting the water, the further it will skim. Yeah. If you throw it further, then it's lost its momentum. Oh, those sound like good tips. Yeah, they were. And I may have used them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else did you meet while you were there? Well, um, while I was in the pub, this... Gentleman walked in with long hair and a leather coat. And as soon as I heard him talk, I knew he was from the States because he had a thick Southern accent. Neat. How did he get there? He just randomly found it. How did you hear about it? Uh, The family I'm staying with here in Scotland just mentioned it like a couple of days ago. Uh And my eyes lit up. Uh What? There's a stone skipping world competition? So, yeah, I immediately knew I had to do it. So, what's your history with stone skimming? Well, I'm from a really small town. Uh Uh-huh. where there's not much else to do. So I get, I've been training for it my whole life without even knowing it. Right, right. <laughs> so like we'd, we'd play like, who can skip the oddest shaped rock? Okay. You know, like square, giant ones, who can get the most skips out of it. Does any of your uh, people at home know you're out here No, this? No, I think they're going to be pretty impressed when right. I tell them I entered the <laughs> competition. <laughs> but how do you think you're going to do Oh, I don't expect to win at all. Right. I'm just excited <laughs> to be here. Yeah. Oh, he sounds great. And what amazing karma to just happen to be in Scotland. Right. And also happen to have the skill of stone skimming. <laughs> right, exactly. That's just yeah, wonderful. He was so stoked to be there. We were both so stoked. We, we talked for a long while and hung out. He was a nice guy. That's awesome. Well, what was the competition actually like? How did you do? I did decent. It was weird standing around for a while till your name gets called. You get the nerves, you know. Um, Do you feel like it was a performance? Like were people staring at you? Yeah. You walk up. They call your name. You walk up onto the plinth. The crowd goes silent. There was cheers when you walk. Ted Ledoux from the U.S. Hey, uh, you walk up onto the plinth. You have your three stones. First throw. I didn't do so well. I forgot to skip it. <laughs> oh, I believe you had called that a plunk. Yeah, I plunked it. Yes. 
Um, I re- regrouped on the second one and threw it about 30 meters, I believe. That's far. Yeah. That's really far. That's yeah. awesome. And then the fourth, the third one uh, went about 41 meters, I think. Wow. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Really cool. I loved it. That's great. That's more than decent. I'm going to call that very good. Well, thank you very much. Were you able to catch up with anybody else after the competition and, and see, you know, how things went for them? Yep. I went around and met a couple of new people, but I also talked to Baker to see how well he did. Yeah. How'd you do? Uh, not great. <laughs> I, did a, I, got, I got one to stay in the lane. Right. Do you know how far you went in your second one? Uh, 30 something. 30 something. Yeah. I think I was in that realm as well. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a bit of nervousness when you're up there. You know, you're in yeah, the spotlight. Yeah, as soon as you get up there on the spotlight and everybody's staring at you. Right. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's weird. You don't have anything to base it on. Like you never, you know, competed competed skipping stones before. No, nothing right, so you're like, like that. I'm probably pretty good. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I had no idea. As soon as people started hitting the wall, though, I, I knew I wouldn't place. Right, right. <laughs> How far away is that wall again? It's 63 meters. That is something. That's a long way. That's yeah. a really long way. And the guys, there was out of the hundreds or so, 150 or so people who competed, seven people hit the back wall. And the one, uh, the guys who placed in the top three, he hit it in four skips. Oh my gosh. Right. So that rock was moving. That is powerful. You're right. Yeah. It was, it was really incredible to watch and awe-inspiring. So who else did you get to meet and talk to while you were there? I met a lovely Scottish lady named Rona. So what's your name? Rona Law. Hey, Rona. I'm Ted. Hi. Have you uh, done this before? Uh, yeah, I did, actually, about 15 years ago. Really? When I was about 17, maybe. Uh-huh. And uh, we came down, actually, maybe before that. But yeah, I've uh, been a couple of times. I think I only competed that once. Didn't get any points at all. <laughs> Same as today. <laughs> well, you're consistent. That's good. <laughs> How long have you been stone skimming? Mm, on and off my whole life, but not consistently. Right. <laughs> you don't have a training regimen in place? Uh, no. No, not at no. All. Good. Not in the <laughs> uh, how do you think you did today? Uh, not good at all. My last, my third throw was all right, but it went out, so it doesn't count. Ah, uh, okay. And also I turned round, I didn't even see it, but <laughs> I saw it on the video. You were, you were disgusted by it, you just turned away? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah unfortunately. <laughs> did you bring friends to compete as well? Uh, yeah, there was a couple of us. My mum? Yeah, yeah, we competed. We didn't really get any points though, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's fun though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And once again, I mean, the point of these things is often community within the realm of competition. So I'm just glad that she had a good time. Yeah, she really did. Her, her, her friends were cool and they were all cheering her on during the interview and everything. That's awesome. Who yeah. else did you meet? After Rona, I met one of the junior competitors, a young lad named Colin. Cool. How old are you? Um, I'm 10. All right. What are you doing here today? No, I'm not 10. I'm, I'm not 10. I'm 9. You're 9. Ah, you think you're 10. Oh. <laughs> what, are you, uh, what are we doing today? Um, I just found myself as um, an overall winner for uh, all of the under 10s in the skimming stone contest. Oh, awesome. How far did you, you skim today? Um, my best was 28 meters. That's pretty damn good. Um, how long have you been skimming stones? Probably. My brother taught me how to do it, uh-huh. um, and it was such a good gift. Uh, but I don't. Um, I can't remember when he taught me. Right. Uh, 
Does your, did your brother do it today as well? Yes, yeah. he, he got f 41 meters. Wow, that's pretty good. Is this your first uh, competition for stone skimming? Uh, yeah. Okay, you think you're going to do it again? You're going to come back next year and defend your crown? Um, you're going to be I in the... I probably don't stand a chance because be, I'll be 10 by then, and then um, I would be in um, a different category, and right. I wouldn't stand a chance against <laughs> the others. <laughs> how do you feel about uh, how you did today? Are you pretty excited about that? Like, are you gonna tell, what are you going to tell the kids at school? Um, uh, not much. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't just go boasting about it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. But you're, you're stoked on it? You're happy with it? Um, yeah. Yeah. High five? <laughs> All right. Good job, man. Good work out there today. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Good job, Colin. What a cutie pie. Uh -huh. All right. So the big question, who was the overall winner of the day? This is a cool story. This young man named Kaisuke Hashimoto came over from Japan. He showed up the night before the competition, did not tell anyone he was coming, spoke very little English, and which means no Scottish, I think. Right. Uh, he was like something out of an 80s movie. He showed up out of the blue. His glasses were broken, held together by tape. No way. Yeah. He had a paper suitcase, maybe. I no. don't know. <laughs> 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 he, he didn't have anywhere to stay. They put him up in a caravan, which we call oh, a van nice. or a camper. Yeah. He had this crazy throw that no one had ever seen before. What was it like? Well, nor most people skip stones by throwing it with one hand you get low and you throw it like sidearm right he did a wind up with his whole body yeah what? yeah like he raised his left hand up high over his head and then spin his right hand around and then fling it down it was like a figure eight with his arms oh my gosh that sounds amazing it was and it was really effective he won the whole damn thing wow did he yeah. hit the back wall he hit the back wall a, num a number of times Oh, I bet he was a crowd pleaser. He was. And when he won, they were so ecstatic for him. They were so, everyone was cheering and yelling for him. It was a really moving experience. Daisuke Hashimoto. My name is Keisuke. I come from Japan to be world champion. Inside Ireland is very, very nice place. Many, many uh, nice songs. I want to, uh, to uh, you come to Japan. Uh, thank you. Oh my gosh, that sounds so incredibly heartwarming. Yeah, and that's not even half of it. We, I had to really cut down that clip because the applause and cheering just went on and on and on. Aww. It was so loud, yeah. That's so awesome. The community there was so strong. That's what really stuck with me was, was that how tight-knit this group was and how welcoming they were for outsiders. It was, I don't know, it was, it was incredible. That's wonderful, Ted. Yeah. And that is such a good way to end season one of right. Rochambeau. But wait, we're not done yet, Ken. What? I didn't tell you this before, but... There was a wedding proposal at the event. At the event? There were, who? Yeah. Like, like I know these people. It was Melon? It was I know Mellon. that person. Yeah, you know that person. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> Melon proposed to someone? Yep, during the award ceremony or just after the award ceremony, he proposed to oh. one of the Oompa Loompas. What? Like, which I guess was his girlfriend. An Oompa Loompa. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the people in fancy dress in a costume was Melon's girlfriend. Uh-huh. And he proposed to her as an Oompa Loompa. Right. That's 
amazing. There's nothing more romantic than that, I don't think. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe you held that back. All right. <laughs> Good job. That's the kind of place it was. That's just yeah. so dang cool. Yeah. So, so cool, cool that I am going back this year. Oh, good for you. Yeah. This this year's competition is going to be held on September 23rd, also in Easdale Island, Scotland. And listeners, you should come out and compete with me. That would be great. And if you guys want more information, we'll have some links on RochambeauPodcast.com. That's right. So this is officially the end of season one, but fear not. Season two is coming to you weeks away. We are aiming for the beginning of October to bring you brand new competitions. And in the meantime, you will still get a Rochambeau podcast episode every other week because we have been saving some bonus episodes for you guys. Yeah, this is some good stuff. Bo the Iceman. That's right. From Frozen Dead Guy Day's Coffin Race. If you haven't heard that episode yet, please go back and listen to it before you hear the bonus episode. Bo was the ice keeper for a very long time, and he and I talked for a very long time, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't use all that audio during the episode. No. So we'll have that bonus episode for you. I have um, interviews coming up with a couple of champions. So fear not. You will hear from us, but brand new competitions coming your way season two in October. As always, we thank Cadillac Jones for being so generous with their music. We really appreciate that, guys. I feel like your music has woven this podcast together and we adore you. Right. And last week we had a winner of a Cadillac Jones album, Alex Mandego of Columbus, Ohio, won a record. And if you want to win one, go to rochambeaupodcast.com and submit an event. Yeah, let us know if you have anything on your radar that we should be covering in season two, and we'll do our best to try to fit it in. And for your efforts, a Cadillac Jones album. That's awesome. Well, till next time, people. Goodbye. Goodbye.